Hey guys, this is Jason Honstadt, and I'm with the Pro Style Spread Offense Daily Podcast. This is episode number, uh, who knows what episode it is, but I think it's my sixth or seventh day into the podcast right now. And um, once again, I'm transitioning from my main podcast where I will still be posting episodes. Those are a little more longer. These are short, quick, five-minute bits of strategies and things that I'm learning um, every day about coaching football, coaching offensive football, and things that have to do with the pro-style spread offense. So if you've got a topic you want to hear me talk about, um, send me a message on my website at ProStyleSpreadOffense.com. You can log in there. Actually, you don't even have to log in. Just go there and click the little icon in the bottom right-hand corner. It'll pop up a little chat box, and we can start chatting right away. Um, or you can, uh, if you're on Anchor.fm, which is where I'm hosting this podcast, and you get the app, you can do a call-in. Click a little call-in and send me your question live. Um, not live, but send me your question verbally, and I'll post it, happily post your question, and we'll talk about it. So because I've only got five minutes, I need to get going into what I'm talking about today. And basically, um, last night was a great night. Actually, all day yesterday was a great day for football. It was, um, you know... New Year's Day, and there was Bulls all day long. Uh, my schedule wasn't watching Bulls pretty much all day long, but by, I was able to break, kind of break away a little bit around 4 p.m. and start watching some of the big tournament games. And so, I I was I'm super I was super pumped. Oklahoma was in it because I love their offense. I love how they've got the air raid. I call it the pro raid, pro style air raid. So basically, they run a lot of zone run. And um, one back, two back sets, and they've got uh, um, the vaunted air raid offense mixed in with that. And of course, Baker Mayfield is entertaining as all get out as well. Although um, he played pretty well, but he didn't he didn't win it for him. He could have he could have come in and won it for him at the end, and uh, he didn't do it. So um, anyway. The first half was pretty impressive by Oklahoma, all right? They jumped out, they, they were scoring points like crazy, and the offense was humming, all right? Um, and that was cool. That was fun to watch. But then in the second half, Georgia came out and started doing some different things. And so I was watching the coaches' room on ESPN News and listening to what they were talking about, and they they made a big note about the fact that Georgia Georgia's adjustment – to um, Oklahoma's spread was to go into um, kind of a man-free look. So they had a free safety up top and man coverage on the outside, sometimes man straight across if they were bringing extra pressure. And they went into a bare front. Now, a bare front against a spread offense team is basically this. You've got a defender on the defensive line. It's a five-man front covering all of the offensive linemen. So there is no one uncovered. There are no gaps that defensive linemen are not sitting in right now. So how do you, how do you run the ball against that? And, and it was a great point that the coaches in the room made is they've, they've gone and made them one-dimensional, and they had done that. They made them one-dimensional so that literally they were taking away the run game. And so um, here's what happens. How, how do you get past that? And, and what should Oklahoma have done to, um, you know, to, to be able to keep scoring, all right, and to beat this um, bear front? Well, what you have to do is you have a couple of options when teams load the box on you, and that means or when they go into a front like that where there is no gaps or anywhere that you can conceivably really, um, you know, run – 
run your run plays very well too, okay? Because they had five linemen down, and they had a linebacker sitting behind them who was scraping and spying the quarterback. So their their zone run was not there, not available. We've got two choices. You can either bring more of your players, if you've got the personnel to do it, into the box, and it just becomes more of an old-school all our guys against all your guys, and we're running the ball. We're going to ram it down your throat. We're running it no matter what. If you've got that, that's Georgia style. Georgia scored touchdowns on that because Oklahoma was not ready for that defensively. Or you've got to be able to get the ball to the perimeter either by speed option, quick pitch outside, bubble screen, flare pass. You've got to be able to bring that kind of outside perimeter stuff without – um, and your blocking has to hold up on the perimeter. Unfortunately, Oklahoma couldn't do it, and they ran into some trouble. So um, that's my call for today. I'm going to record. Um, hang on. I'm gonna... All right, coaches. So part two of my Oklahoma versus Georgia breakdown. I sat down and I drew up the uh, um, bare front defense that Georgia was playing against Oklahoma and just thought I would brainstorm a little bit against a spread offensive look with a two-by-two look. What exactly could you run um, that might look good against that? And the more I looked at it, the more I realized that Oklahoma was trying to do some of these things, but they were just outmanned in some other positions. So um, the first thing that I thought um, about was uh, getting the ball out to the perimeter with a bubble screen now when you've got all your perimeter receivers covered so in a two by two look if both the wide receiver and the slot are covered you can't throw a bubble to those guys if you do you've got a guy i guess i should let me clarify if they're within if they're seven yards or within seven seven yards you can't throw a bubble to the inside or the outside receiver it's tough because those guys are coming up fast and you've got one one guy blocking two guys it's one on two now, if one of them is playing way off, then I would consider him basically uncovered. So he'd need to be like 10 yards off. Then you could throw a bubble to him. Then it's more like one-on-one or one one against the, the first um, force defender who's coming down. All right, But basically, a bubble screen to just the, the receivers is out unless the corner or backer is playing way off. All right, And they're stemming. They're moving around a lot before the ball snaps. So it's tough to see that. Um, so, but what you can do is you can motion your um, motion your halfback out of the box, um, and basically you get into an empty formation and you outnumber them to a side. And while he's motioning, you can snap the ball and throw it to him on a quick read bubble. Okay, and what happens then is a backer either has to flow out there to him, but you have a good blocking situation. You have two receivers blocking two defenders, a free safety is coming way from up high, um, the defensive end has other responsibilities, so he's got to fight to get out there, um, he's basically going to be trying to knock the ball down, he's not going to try and block, uh, tackle the H back, and the linebacker is coming from right over the nose, so that's not an easy play, so I love the H back, the H bubble to either side, um, and again, preferably to the wide side of the field. So he's got room. And again, that's predicated on the fact that your wide receivers can block well. If they can't block well on the perimeter, you're screwed. Don't run it. Um, off of that, I really love these two plays, an H-bubble slant or an H-bubble go. So now you show that same look with the H motioning out. And instead of running the bubble screen, you run your two receivers on slant routes. 
All right, that puts a ton of pressure on that backer in that corner to determine does is the ball going to the bubble and they're seeing the motion, they're thinking bubble right now, or and and are they do they have to fight through blocks? So they got to read is that receiver blocking them or running a route? It's a real difficult read to to make in addition to also keeping your eye on the quarterback and seeing what's happening. Okay, and if quarterback gives a quick pump fake or can even just kind of nod towards the H, it can freeze either the backer or a corner and open up um, a slant right behind him. So I really love that route. Um, another one is an H bubble go. Again, here you got to be a little more cautious because you got six guys coming and you're leaving and you're losing um, your H back in protection. So this can be tough to get off, but if you can get it off, it's money. It can be a touchdown. Um, basically, you send those guys on a little hesitation and go on the outside and then um, uh, nod at the H bubbling out and then toss it downfield. So whoever's farthest from the safety. All right, moving on. Another play, sprint out with rubs. I love sprint out against looks like this because you got you don't want to do have anything to do with all those linemen on the inside. So take your uh, H back, maybe uh, sub a F back in for him and block that end on the perimeter so you can get outside and just run rub routes or out, outside breaking routes or crossing routes. Um, anything that works good, any two-man. You can even run this to trips, three-man combination routes. Or have your trips receiver blocked down and release um, your H back out. A lot of things you can do with rub routes and a quick sprint. I, I, I like to call it a quick sprint because you're not trying to slow sprint it out. It's a quick sprint so that the free safety can't come over and make a play. Um, stay away from the zone read though. Not a good look. Um, but that's all I've got, coaches. There are things you can do when teams are just killing you inside the box. you got to force them to move it out. Take advantage. Play the game on the edges is what you got to do.